In the name of the one true and living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, right uh, before this uh, Mass, I had heard Father Doug's sermon at the 8 o'clock, and as we're walking to here to the church, I said to him, I said, you do realize you stole 50% of my sermon for next Sunday. <laughs> and um, the three points were my three points. I think it's a, a testament to um, probably the way we were formed as priests, um, the, the leather we were cut from, and also that this is a vocation. Uh, it's, a, it's a way of life. It's not a job. Um, I once upon a time was a policeman and a teacher and worked in insurance, and I'm those no longer. Um, but I'll be a priest until six people carry me, you know, home. So I think it's a testament to that. And what are the three points? I'm going to uh, remind you it was a little bit different. One, that St. James is a spiritual home. We, it cannot be repeated enough, we are spiritual beings on an earthly pilgrimage. He talked about the metaphor of the ship, which I was going to talk about as well. <laughs> but I'm going to put the twist on it, is if you do look up, you sort of get a sense that this could be the structure of a, of a ship in which we are being carried. But I would say to you that the ship is not upside down. The ship is right side up. The ship is sailing on the seas of heaven. That is where we are bound. That was point two. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwells in time and space. And we are journeying toward them. Always and at all times, we are headed toward God sailing in his ark. And then the last point, St. James Parish Church exists for those who yet aren't members. The church, capital C, we exist for those who have not come through those doors. So easy, it's, it's so easy to forget that. The church is about future. The church is headed toward here, toward there. The role that, if you will, that um, I, I have as a, as a priest, I was actually going to, it takes a, a little bit of time to put these on. I actually was going to just preach this sermon in, um, and I'll say why, in secular clothes. I'd wear a stole because I would still be a priest, but there would be a reason be, uh, about it. And... Uh, bear, bear with me. And so this is the point that I would be here in secular clothes. He told the story, it's tied in with today's gospel, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. And in G the gospel today, as they're following Jesus and asking him, where do you stay? He says, come and see. Well, when they approached Philip, and they said, Philip, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip didn't say, well, come. Come this way. Here he is. Philip goes to Andrew. 
Instead of directly going to Jesus, he says, hey, Andrew, these guys want to know about Jesus. And so Andrew comes. You know, in 29 years almost as a priest, so often I would be told like by a parishioner in one place or another, either at the end of Mass or something like this, Father, this is so-and-so. Um, they're visiting. Uh, they want some contact information. Uh, they want to know about the church. So I told them they could contact you, which is true. You know, that can be. They, they usually would be, you know, I told them about you because you're the priest. Um, but that's all of us. We tell others about Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. That's what a priest does. A priest, uh, especially at this Mass, we use right before communion, the priest holds up the host. Behold the Lamb of God. The words from John the Baptist. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And we point to the Lamb of God. We point to him so that others can follow him. The one thing I think in our lives that all of us want is that constant, deeper connection with God. Now, at a moment like this, and now that I said it, you're probably thinking, yes, you're right. That's why I'm here. And if I was just in my secular clothes with a stole over me, I would be like all of you. I would soon forget my own words when I went out that door. That as I wanted that deeper connection with God, I would get so involved with everything else in life. So many other things. Now, I'm not saying that means you live in the church. Far from it. What I'm saying is to see that that connection that we experience here and now at this moment goes beyond the doors. We meet him out in the world. Remember um, the, that old, um, I guess it would be like a, a rock opera, Godspell. And uh, I was the, more of the Jesus Christ superstar fan. But when they see the resurrected Jesus, they see him appear with his fro and uh, um, they're following him. And he, he turns and he looks and he smiles at them and they see him turn a corner and they're, they're happy. They're like, that's him. There's nobody on the street. And they run after him and they follow him. We're going to catch up to him. We're going to find him. And they turn the corner thinking that they'll see Jesus. And what do they see? A crowded street. The cars moving. Every, every, everyone going about their life. A powerful, powerful imagery. The Lamb of God is out there beyond those doors. We're very much like the apostles or the disciples today, the first disciples. I think they were caught off guard. After John said to his disciples, behold the Lamb of God, that's who you should be following now. So they come up and Jesus, I could imagine, I've been to Galilee. I would love, that would be a great thing to do, a pilgrimage um, there could get people. And I remember walking along the Sea of Galilee thinking about this. And I imagine that he's walking and he perceives them following him. 
and he turns around. What do you want? Why are you following me? And they can't give an answer. The only thing they can say is, um, were you staying tonight? <laughs> Isn't that a lot like us, really, that we can't get those words out? Maybe it's because they wanted to dwell where he was, not just for the night, but for all times. You know, I, I, as a priest, I can show you sacramentally the Lamb of God. I can show, behold, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. I can show you him present in our ministries at Randy Sam's, at the day school, in our various ministries that we do in the community. But in the end, it's up to you to take his invitation more to heart. It's up to you to go and see where it is that he lives. That can be a frightening prospect. And there's unknown risk about it. Again, standing vested like this, if I just had the stole on and was wearing just my secular clothes, because I was a sheep before I was a shepherd, and I never forget that, I think about the risk. Where will we all be in six months, in a year? We wonder what will happen you know, with a new rector, maybe that's on our mind. Um, I know, I wonder about, like in my situation, what happens to me. Worried about um, sickness in our families, struggle with a job, maybe a tragedy affected someone. Where will we be in three months, in six months, in 12 months? Well, I hope you'll take the risk and know that you will be with Jesus in all times and in all places. Not in some fanciful, cliche-ish way, but that where you behold him here at the altar, you'll be able to behold him in your heart. When I left St. Stephen's Sherman in uh, 1998, to go to the Chicago Police Department thinking I would end up being a chaplain, and 21 years later, just being a patrol officer, um, I had no idea what I was about to do, and I took a risk. I tried to trust Jesus. So about three years that I was into doing the police thing, I had to go see the Interim Bishop of Chicago. I forgot what they call that fancy name. And I had to ask him about getting licensed. And he said to me, he said, well, now, um, Richard, because I was a priest in the Diocese of Dallas, why, um, why do you want to get licensed? Could I ask, like, what you want to do? And I said, well, I want to, uh, you know, help and serve as a parish in a, in a priest where um, I'm able to, um, I need, you know, to be licensed, but I want to show others 
Jesus. And he said to me, well, what do you mean? And I said, you know, Bishop, I was working where the diocesan offices are. I was assigned to that district. It had Cabrini Green, just a few blocks away, one of the worst housing projects in the country. I liked being a police there, I'll say as an aside, because that was the one time I had more power than the bishop. I could have towed his car, you know, <laughs> lock up the archdeacon. But I said to him, I said, you know, Bishop, do you know how many times I've stood over? I've stood over a young man, shot, dying, bleeding out in front of me. And, you know, I didn't see behind him the church or in someone who was sexually assaulted. And I'm at the hospital having to take the report and observe things because there's no female officer there. And I don't see the church behind the person, or when somebody's house was burglarized and they felt violated and alone, I didn't see the church behind that individual. Or even in my arrestees, in that one look that they had in their eyes that I said to you once before, that one look that was, how did I get here? Not how did I get caught, they knew that. But how did my life come to this? I said to him, Bishop, the church isn't behind that individual. When I go out there as a priest, I want to represent the church. I want them to see Jesus. And the bishop said to me, oh, I never thought of it that way. My jaw dropped. We want to see Jesus. We want to behold the Lamb of God. Today, three months from today, six months from today, 12 months from today, when we're called to stand in front of him, we want to see Jesus. But for now, I would ask you, simply Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God so you can know him. Behold the Lamb of God so you can serve him. Behold the Lamb of God so you can be happy with him in this life. Behold the Lamb of God so you can live with him in that life that has no end. Amen.